running a business can be stressful to the point of having a mental breakdown. Eduardo Hariri was running his global company when his body said stop. In this episode, Eduardo shares some tips and the values that gave him the unfair advantage to overcome adversity and thrive in all areas of his life after his breakdown. You are listening to the Unstoppable Leaders Podcast, the show dedicated to leaders who want to achieve more, do more, become more, and those that are looking for an unfair advantage in all that they do. Each episode will be an interview or a message to unleash the unstoppable leader within you and help you get a slight edge. Leaders are always growing, and this show will be your secret weapon to level up the next stage of your business and life. Your host, a performance excellence expert with LMI Canada, who works with leaders and organizations to realize more of their potential. I give you George Gamboa. Welcome to the podcast. We are talking with Eduardo Carriere today. And it's a great pleasure to have you, Eduardo, with us. It's, it's great to be with you, uh, Jorge, as well. I, I know before we, we're just barely starting the, the, the interview, but there is something that I want to talk about a little bit. I know you, and when I think of you, I know that you are working in technology, doing a lot of different things from wireless to smart cities to uh, so many projects, including radio and television. But one thing that caught my attention was how you developed a relationship with the president of Toyota Global to the point that he was a guest in your own wedding. Can you talk a little bit about it? Sure. Uh, I mean, over the years, I developed a great relationship, business relationship with uh, the president of Toyota International. I have done many projects for him over the years. But one of the things that helped the relationship is that when you are dealing with uh, the Japanese culture as a whole, uh, they don't treat their vendors or their employees as just a number on a, on a spreadsheet or on a tabulation. It's uh, you are a fam- part of their family. You are part of who brings that desire to success. So uh, over the years, we have I had many many interactions with Toyota, uh, whether it was in Canada, the U.S., in uh, Latin America. But uh, particularly when you start dealing with international, you 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 go to headquarters, and I had I had lived in Japan uh, during uh, my my beginnings. Uh, I was a, ba- a translator for a baseball team in Japan, translating for uh, Spanish players from Latin America into the English language uh, for the Jap- a Japanese team. Happened to be that it was owned by the owner by Toyota as well, so that helped me build my my rapport uh, when I entered the business world. Wow! Before we get more into into the specifics, uh, 
tell me a little bit about how did you get started? Because I know that uh, uh, you're from Latin America and you went to university in Canada and the US. How did that happen? Walk us through, through that period of your life. So, yeah. So basically, uh, I am originally from uh, Guatemala City. I was born in Guatemala, grew up in Venezuela. and uh, But my grandmother uh, from my mom's side got married with a Canadian. Uh, Second nuptials with my, uh, my grandfather, Jack. And I had always come to Canada over the years uh, to uh, visit. But in this occasion, uh, it was uh, my, because of the political situation in Guatemala, I ended up coming to Canada, continue my studies. Uh, and basically, I was given the opportunity to go to high school here, continue my career into, into university. Uh, I went to university, York University uh, for my BA in uh, international business and marketing. One of the things that I always loved was the game of baseball. So uh, I played for the university team. And I played for uh, a league here in Toronto called Leaside. And as a result of that, I got uh, given, a, given a scholarship to do my MBA in the University of Michigan, where it was very successful. Uh, and I ended up uh, entering the business world that way. Um, so that's how my career started, technically, in, in, the, in the business world. So once your career started, uh, you had the options, right, to go back to work in Toronto or take a risk and go to, to the States. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what was your first win and what made you take that risk? How did you balance taking risks versus opportunities? So definitely. I mean, uh, my first uh, option was to stay in the States. I had uh, the possibility to stay in the States. But I, ha I decided to, to go back to come back to Canada because I was more accustomed to the society. I was more, uh, plus, I, I didn't require the work permit for to stay in the states uh, in the states it's very difficult to acquire a work permit although through my university uh, program i had that opportunity but i decided to come back to toronto and i started working for uh what it's called a penny stock financial firm here in toronto doing viability studies on technology products uh, it happened to be one of those viability uh, studies that jump-started my career in the tele in IT arena. Viability study for a, what is what became uh, MCI WorldCom. Uh, I started uh, for MCI uh, doing a viability study on a technology in those days that was called Centrex or trunk lines. So once you started working with uh, MCI, what was your path to go independent and not only independent, but to create your own company, your own startup, if you will? So 
I learned a lot through MCI and as well, uh, I have to, I'll, I'll develop a little bit more because I, I was with MCI in the US uh, for a period of about uh, three years and then another, next, another two and a half with AT&T in the US. And then AT&T brought me back to Toronto. I learned a lot uh, from, not just from the analysis side, but I learned sales, uh, marketing, uh, international development, and created a lot of great contacts uh, with their customer base. Uh, I have always been a person that believes in creating relationships, not opportunities for business. So uh, that has been my philosophy in life, uh, and always I strive, strive on that. So along the way, I created those opportunities with MCI and AT&T. Uh, I kept in touch with the customers to see how they're doing, if they needed some more assistance, uh, to try to utilize my the skills that I learned in university to enhance their businesses from on the side. Uh, as well, when I came back to Toronto and AT&T uh, faltered uh, in their enterprise here in Canada, uh, I joined Bell Canada. And it was uh, then that, uh, as a result of a um, clerical error, let's put it that way, that I was released from Bell Canada and I went independent. Okay, let me regroup here, because I think you mentioned a few things that are very important uh, to pay attention. Number one is, uh, once you started working with MCI, you started uh, learning all sorts of different skills. But not only that, you were aware of the value of building relationships with all your clients uh, and all the people that you work with. And later on, you were able to, uh, whatever you were learning from university and so on, it seems like you have been focused on finding a way to apply what you, what you learn, not just keep the knowledge to yourself. That is correct. Uh, I mean, uh, I, my, my degree from university is on uh, marketing and finance, but basically I was using the financial side and uh, the analytical side of my, my degree. Uh, I never in a million years thought that I would be uh, entering into the sales arena or the marketing arena for anybody. Uh, so uh, when MCI asked me to join the sales force, uh, I was a bit hesitant because I had never sold in my life anything. Uh, but it was uh, that kind of motive, uh, interest. Uh, and I started basically just going with the salespeople out to try to explain in layman's terms to the customer what the technology would do for them and how it would benefit their business. Uh, and it was one of the salespeople that advised his boss that, you know, this guy does the sales job better than we do because he understands technology. And it was then that they said, you know, why don't you join the sales force uh, and open markets for us? and uh, they put me actually 
uh, to sell for about three months, and they saw that I was bringing a business from the English side. So they wanted to expand to the Spanish side, and they made me a manager in, in a Spanish division. We created that Spanish division and, and grew it. Uh, within within a year, we had surpassed the numbers of the English division. So you know, it was it was a, a great learning experience. Uh, I moved that when I moved to AT and T, and basically brought AT and T into a new into a new uh, perspective of how the Latin markets, how in 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 the southern U.S. could benefit them uh, to a to a great extent. And later on, once you were working with Bell Canada, and you get let go. What went through your mind? Because up until now, it looks like you've been always working. You always had a job. But to be uh, let go from a big company uh, must have felt uh, quite different. What was your experience at that point? So I was, to start with, I was confused. Uh, I think that I, I was overwhelmed with the idea that I was unemployed for the first time in a long time. Uh, but I started thinking of what can I do that I to use the, the knowledge that I had. So I actually started talking with uh, my team, the team that they let go because they let they let go thirty of us from my I was their manager, and I started talking with them as about what can we do together as a as a group. No one wanted to verge into the idea of being uh, on their own. So I, I said, you know what? There is nothing wrong with trying. Let me open my company and I'll subcontract all these guys that were on my team because they trust me to be the, the front of the operation. It worked out. Uh, eventually, uh, about uh, three or four months down the line, Uh, Bell Canada actually called me and said, told me that they needed someone to uh, help them with the technology that they had just acquired and that they knew I had knowledge of. Sure, no problem. They asked me if I had, if I had personnel that could uh, be available to assist me on, on this. And I said, yes, actually your whole team uh, that you fired. So. Um, And it, it, it wasn't that they fired us. It was that they gave us uh, early retirement. <laughs> I was I was 33 years old and early retirement. So, you know, <laughs> it kind of made it funny. Yeah. But, but you know, uh, so I accepted the role with Bell. Uh, basically, I put my group, my my team of, of, of experts to work into generating the architecture for Bell Canada for that new technology that uh, they wanted to, to apply. So, so, so in a way, that was your first big break into build something bigger than yourself. Oh, 100%. I think that, that, was, the, that was the first step in the way to a, what I would say a very... Uh, successful career in telecommunications uh, and a learning, a learning step in what was coming uh, in the future. So, 
So once you start uh, uh, building uh, this company, uh, what is your your mindset? Because I know that you're growing, you're acquiring acquiring major clients all over the world. Uh, what was your approach? What what was your attitude at that time? So my my first approach, and this has always been my approach, as I, I said before, it was to create relationships. It wasn't uh, to profit. Uh, to me, as long as as I am earning a good living and it, I can maintain myself and my family, that's first and foremost, and that it can be the same for the people that I guide along the way. In a, in a way, uh, Bell Canada was the first stepping stone. Uh, we we built a reputation amongst, we started calling clients of Bell that we, that we knew uh, on our portfolio and telling them, look, we can help you in this decent way. You don't have to necessarily leave Bell Canada for the services, but we'll provide you with the know-how of how to guide those services to to create an ROI that is more extensive. So, uh, and all the clients that we had from Bell uh, and AT&T and from MCI basically knew who I was, knew the way I worked, and they always loved that approach. I am, I am, uh, I treat them with respect. I, I will never guide them the wrong way. I will always bring options to the table so they have the most uh, opportune way to uh, get the return on their investment. So it, it seems like you are very value-driven. Once you, At what point in your life you identified the values on which you are operating and running both your personal and professional life? Well, that was from very young. I mean, uh, I learned most of my values from my great-grandfather, may he rest in peace. Uh, my great-grandfather taught me one valuable lesson. He said, you never know who you are going to meet along the way. So don't, don't mess up those relationships. Be true, transparent, and honest with anyone you meet along the way. Uh, and it was, it's something that stuck with me until this day. Uh, I maintain those values, whether it's with my with my with my family, with anyone that I do business with. And in most of the in most of the cases uh, in the business world, I have done deals that don't have any documentation behind them because it's built on trust and reputation. Yeah, and that is something that is not very common these days, especially when you look at, uh, at large global corporations that are profit-driven. So let, let's go back to, to the story. Uh, so you are building this company. It's growing. It is based on relationships. So you have a, a very strong reputation. But then at some point, you had a, a breakdown. A crisis. Everything. It was just too much. Can you talk a little bit about that period of time and what you learned from that experience? Hundred uh, percent. I mean, it happens to the best of us. 
I can say that that with a lot of confidence. I, I am not the only case that sometimes the stress levels and growing too fast uh, affects your mental and and health along the way. I had uh, a point in time uh, that that happened to me. Uh, I we were growing exponentially. I I am a the corporation got to be too big and too hard to handle for one individual. I always wanted to be on top of everything. Uh, and sometimes micromanaging, uh, as we put it in, in business terms, doesn't always work well. I am, a, I am one that I don't like to leave my relationships dangling. So I try to always be on top of everything. And that's, that's what how I was how I was made and how I learned to be a success by managing the relationships and understand if they had an issue, then going after those situations. So, but it got too much. It, it became very uh, how can I say very stressful uh, to the point. This was before my marriage. Thank God. When, when I was married. So I managed to step away uh, from my business for a little bit. Uh, I had very good personnel in on hand. They were able to maintain the business uh, whole. Yes, they would, they would call me with uh, extreme situations where they thought that I should be involved. But the day-to-day, uh, they managed it and they ran it as if I was there with the same principles, with the same enthusiasm that I, I would put into, us, into, into the business. So I have, I have all my employees, or as I call them, my family to thank for this, uh, for maintaining my company afloat. And, and I think you just mentioned something powerful. The, the culture that you built in your company is that of the family, right? And what advice would you give someone who is growing their company and they feel that they have to be in every aspect with every client that they are working with? What can they do to, to start delegating effectively and start uh, uh, having some uh, distance from the day-to-day action? Oh. Very, very simply. I mean, you always have a core group of people uh, in any com- company, whether they are family members, where they, where, where, whether they are hired individuals, but you have a, a core group that you relate with and that understand the way you think and the way you like things done. So to me, those individuals are the head of the household or the head of the business. And those are the people that you can confine and those are the people that you can delegate to. In my case, I have a core of about, a nucleus of about 10 people that we guide the company. Uh, people that came from different areas of my life. I, have, I do have family members involved in my, in my business. Uh, the majority are not, uh, and 
there is that group of people that I confine. I can say, I can, I can, I can burn my hand for for whatever reason for them because they have my back and I have their backs in every sense of the word. And once you were going through this uh, period of time where, where you had to delegate, rely heavily on that group of people, uh, how long was this uh, period and what was the impact that you got out of distancing yourself a little bit? from your company? So I was away for about a period of three years. Uh, in that period, I did a, a lot of things that helped me release tension. Uh, I created foundations and uh, nonprofit organizations to help, to give back to my community, to give back to my country, to give back to my city, as well as to give back to uh, the, the world community as a whole. Uh, with my with my wife, uh, we have created uh, three foundations that we have. One is politically inclined. One is non-political. Uh, the other one is a cultural side, and that releases my my tensions uh, from the from the business world uh, because it takes me away into another sectors uh, to try to enhance what. I, I had the luxuries that I have been given uh, by this country that I live in, which is Canada. So, so before before this uh, breakdown that you had, when you were working and growing your company full speed, how was your life? Was it balanced? It was all work. Uh, uh... So, for about uh, I would say from the age of three. To the age of 34, uh, I would say I was doing 18 to between 18 and 20 hours of work a day. That's why my I had that breakdown. Uh, I was driven by business, uh, driven by the ambition of success, and I, I and I don't mean ambition in the monetary sense, but on the re, having the respect of the industry that I worked in. And having the acquiring the knowledge, so that people would come would uh, be aware of what I was doing uh, and how business business should be run. And if you were to define, uh, what was your definition of how a business should be run at that point? So uh, let, let's put it this way: uh, yes, there is ways. Profit-driven people guide business in a different way than I do. I, like I said, I am a family-oriented individual. Uh, I rather have success than money. Money is, is great, but it drives you to do things that you shouldn't be doing. Uh, to me, any individual that runs a business has to understand that the money... Making lots of money, being successful monetarily or in, princip in principle is, is great, but it's not everything. Uh, when you can build a business that people respect for their integrity and transparency, that's more important than 
multi-million dollar deals that you can build. Uh, and you will get those multi-million dollar deals because of the respect and integrity you have that pe people see in your in, in your business. So to me, that's that's what's keen to run a business. Run it as a family, like I, like I mentioned, I keep mentioning. Uh, the people that work for you are not just numbers on a, on a, on a spreadsheet of employment. They are human beings. They need to be treated with respect and understanding. Uh, they need to be guided uh, if there is issues surrounding them. I have always been a, an individual that I, my, I tell, I tell my, my people, my family, that if they have any issues, please come to me, no matter what the issue is, because it's my duty to help them through them. And that's an essential part of business. Always respect those who make you successful. That's by being there for them in, in, the, in the good and the bad. That's how you make create success. Yeah, it looks like personal relationships is uh, a thing that has been uh, following you uh, all through your life, right? Not only with clients, but like you said, with your employees who are family. Now, when you went through those three years and, and you started uh, working on different uh, nonprofit uh, initiatives, what drove you to, to look for other things beyond your business? Was it uh, you wanted to know why you were doing things? What is uh, more of fulfillment in life? What changed to make you uh, try to give back? Well, I always gave back in a certain way. I mean, um, whether it was going to events for charity or going to here, but uh, I thought that giving back doesn't mean just giving money. Giving back means working with other individuals to make, a, to enhance a community. Uh, in the Latin American community, there is a lot of issues uh, that go go hand in hand, whether it's employment, whether it's housing, whether it's education. Uh, it seems like our community, that this community always falls behind in a certain way because of, let's, let's say, the prejudice of others towards the community. And I wanted to help in that arena. Uh, when it comes to health, I come from a, from a family, a family of illnesses. Uh, my, my mother went through cancer. My grandmother went through cancer. So to me, that became a unique cause to help, uh, as well as Latin kids to Canada that couldn't afford to get medical assistance in their own country for illnesses that have no cure in their own countries. So I, 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 help, I, I, united, I got involved with uh, Sick Children's Hospital through their Herbie Fund to raise money for that cause. In the cultural spectrum, uh, there is a program called uh, here in Canada that is called La Escuela. Uh, oh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> but there's a program that what they do is that they go into into schools 
Uh, it was created by the Maestro uh, Raul uh, from Venezuela. Uh, uh, and he created a program that they go into the impoverished areas of Canada or of the cities. They kids and through music, they raise their self-esteem, whether it's classical, jazz or whatever. Uh, so, you know, that kind of thing always, I always loved and I helped with that. But, and that brought a certain, uh, consistency to my life. And eventually, uh, about in 2015, it gave me the, the motivation to run for office because I thought that it was to do to help my, my city and my fellow men in endeavors that they required. So I ran for federal office in Canada. I ran for uh, municipal office as well in Toronto. And although I didn't succeed in winning, got my projects uh, listened to. And right now, uh, hopefully, uh, one of my projects, one of the ideas that I had during my, my campaign is going to become a reality by creating alliances between the municipal government and um, multinational IT companies in creating a learning experience and a work experience for uh, generations. So quite a few people that are listening to this, this podcast are involved in, in technology and, and, and running businesses. If they want to learn more about uh, one of these initiatives that you started, what can they do or, or where can they look for more information? So they can always look me up uh, on on either of social media and my 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 life is a book technically uh, if they look for me they will find me uh, and definitely uh, if they they want to get involved or they want they want they want to learn more how to do that do something themselves i am always open to to be to do something like this because i think that the more people we we bring in the greatest success our future generations will have in uh, being successful without the stresses that we as a generation had in the past. Yeah, absolutely. We all need to get a little bit more engaged, more involved. So it seems like whenever you had uh, this, this uh, what can be a monumental challenge, you found a way to find the silver lining and turn it around to, to come out uh, with a better, bigger perspective, different approach. Uh, first, when you were let go from Bell, and then with the breakdown, uh, I think that that's where, where you found the new why you're doing things. What advice would you give uh, other uh, business owners on finding the why that goes beyond their, their, their company that they are growing? So I think that it's a self-analysis. I mean, you have to always step back, uh, as I say, step out of the box and look the outside in uh, and see 
what you think is not working or what you think you can do better to feel more confident about yourself and about what you do. It, we are going right now through a period, a tough time in business uh, because of the, the current conditions around the world with the pandemic. And it, I think it has challenged a lot of us to look at other avenues to create our revenues, to create those relationships and to maintain ourselves engaged uh, with all what's going on. Uh, and I'll tell you that in my, uh, in my, in my personal uh, life right now, during the pandemic, I started a new business uh, in, the, in the broadcasting industry that I am trying to help out uh, young people uh, from the from the tele broadcast industry to get their feet wet in the industry during these uh, tough times. We created with a friend of mine uh, two different uh, broadcast channels uh, that we broadcast online. Where we are producing surrounding the 300 shows a month telecasted worldwide for on different arenas, where it's sports, culture, uh, gossip, entertainment, whatever. Uh, we, we, don't, we don't give them a topic. They, they choose what they want to do. We offer this opportunity so that they can get their feedback into all areas of, of the in broadcasting industry as well as the media. Uh, whether they want to write, whether they want to produce, they want to host, you know. And basically what we, we created was an idea that we are only accepting in the corporation, in the company, students or recently grads, recent grads, so that they can get their feet wet and get excited about what their future brings. Yeah, and I think that's a, a, an amazing concept. And it's similar to the one that you were talking earlier about uh, creating with uh, private companies and the government that space for technology students to practice what they are learning, right? Um, here, uh, uh, tell me a little bit more about uh, um, how would you define success for the students that participate in this broadcasting company? Yeah, what would be a success story for them? Success is very simple. Success is not what you make. Success is what you gain. You can gain knowledge. If you can gain enjoy, en enjoyment out of what you are doing, you are successful. Uh, I always said that to me, success means seeing my, my kids run around without having to look back, to do what they want to do. Look, my, I, learn, I learn every day. My son, I have a son that happens to be autistic. I learn every day from him how to use technology to, to, to his advantage. He teaches me more about how to use an iPad than I, I could have learned in years in the, in the industry. I have never been an iPad guy or a, an Apple guy, but because it's the, the technology that he uses, I'm learning through him how to use it because I have to sit with him and kind of maneuver what, what's going on. 
but that's part of success. Success is being prosperous and happy at what you are doing. And that's what I tell these students. Enjoy what you are doing. See where you think you fit to success. And eventually, the money will come. Don't worry. But don't measure success based on what you earn. And earn. Measure it what, based on what you are and where you want to be. And to follow that train of thought, where do you want to be three, five years from now? What's next for you? Well, let's put it this way. I, I, I am a very uh, open and transparent person. Uh, I, am, uh, I got very, ma married very late in life. To me, three, three to five years from now, I, I would say be in the company of my family, seeing my son uh, get ahead of his, of his illness, uh, and seeing my, my daughter uh, strive for success in her life. That's where I want to be. I think over the past... 20 plus, 25 plus years of my career, I have achieved the success that I want. I have, I have, I have gone travel around the world. I have customers around the world. I have learned a lot of a lot from different cultures. Uh, that has been my success, and I don't think there is more to strive than to see my 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 kids and their future generations succeed. Uh, as as a as a as a family group, that's what, what where I think I want to be in three three to five years from now. Yeah, it's full circle. Everything comes back to to family. Hundred percent. So so just to wrap up the this uh, interview, uh, what would be uh, if you were to to summarize, what do you think has given you the edge, the the unfair advantage? as a business owner, as a leader in both nonprofit and profit organization? So I think my success has come from my upbringing. I grew up, uh, as I said, I grew up, I come from Guatemala uh, in Latin America. And the success, my success was being born in a country where you saw some realities in life that weren't uh, what you would what what you want for everybody, because we live under in the in the, the whole region uh, lives under political strain, and coming to Canada uh, gave me the opportunity to be free of those. Uh, gave me the the reason to succeed and say, here I am, world. I want to succeed. Uh, and it gave me the opportunity to be somebody that never thought in his, in his wildest dreams that, would get that, that was not known to him. So I think uh, being ethnic in a, in a certain way helped me because I had to work. Uh, it gave me... A, a, it gave me the, the, the chance to overstep. 
I had to work twice as hard as anybody to be where I am. Working hard and always being open to, to evolve to the next step. This is really the last question, just to wrap it up. Um, what advice can you give on, uh, I, I know that we mentioned, and you mentioned uh, all through this conversation, the importance of relationship and family and treat people close to you as family. Uh, well, I think I said pretty much everything in there. Anything you can add or any advice on that area on how you treat others uh, when you're running your business? The, the perfect example that I can give you is, is I, I, I have one story, one individual in the Bible that I, I always try to for, live by his ruling, and that's Abraham. An open-door individual, no matter who it was, he received them in their home and welcomed them as they were family. And if you can do that in business and in life, there is nothing more that you can do to be, to be uh, successful and, and overwhelmed. Uh, I think Abraham sum summarizes what my life is, is like. Wow, that's powerful. Yeah, so there you have it, everyone. Uh Hope you got uh, a lot of value out of this conversation with Eduardo. Uh, I know I did. And definitely, uh, probably we will have you in the future again, Eduardo, and have other conversation and talk a little bit about the other projects like smart cities, uh, cybersecurity, and all the other projects that you are involved that are fascinating as well. Thank you very much for having me. It's uh, more than a pleasure. And whenever you want me, I am at the disposition of anybody. Okay. So thanks, everyone. And I will see you on the next episode uh, very soon. I hope you enjoyed that episode today on the Unstoppable Leaders podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you are listening to this. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this exact episode with them. You can also grab a copy of our framework for increased productivity for leaders. It's called The Five Elements, Foundations of Success. And you can get it for free at lmiadvantage.com forward slash elements. Inside the framework, you will find five elements on which to build the foundation to consistently move the needle every day, every week, to achieve more, do more, and become more. Once again, it's lmiadvantage.com forward slash elements. Let this be a reminder for you to be unstoppable in business and life. See you next time.